David, winter is coming. What about the vaccines? Oh, John, the vaccine's coming too. I get my short sleeve shirt on so that I can get that first shot. Ooh, you're not first in line. Oh. Welcome to Care Talk, your inaugural home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, what have we got? John, I'm so excited to talk about the new COVID-19 vaccine, but partly because we have some new acronyms to introduce. Oh, wait a second. I mean, you think that vaccine is ready for prime time? John, there are a lot of them. They're just chilling in the fridge for you, although I guess it'll be ruined there. Yeah, there's Pfizer and BioNTech, or is it BioNTech or BioNTech, just put in an EUA for their COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine, and it's supposed to be at least 95% effective, John. That's a, as I recall, that's an A grade. Well, I, I got to say the grades for these, the effectiveness, which is really where the, um, you know, which is measured by how effectively those vaccinated avoid getting the coronavirus. Um, the early results are super impressive, um, not just for Pfizer and BioNTech, um, but you've got you've got a series of, of really good news, um, a Moderna. Uh, that's a, that's that's like the Latin yeah. named biotech. You've got uh, AZ and Oxford today talking about it. I mean, you've got a a, a, a a relative plethora of options. And I don't know, I'm sort of just generally happily surprised at how consistently the positive results suggest that we're going to beat this thing. And though they're, they're very different. And we've got to obviously get through the 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 EUAs, the, the 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 safety protocols, figure out everything else about it. But David, even you have to admit, this is a big Trump administration win and a great moment for science and biotech. <laughs> well, I'll agree with part of it, John. I'm going to throw out your vote on the first one uh, about Trump being the uh, Trump being the winner here. Well, yeah. I want to recount. Yeah, okay. I want to recount. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Pfizer didn't really get any aid from uh, from the Trump administration, but. No. That's but not they, true. That's oh, not true. Oh, they got a guarantee. Oh, big deal. They knew they could sell it big anyway. Billion, multi-billion dollar all guarantee. Right, hey, right. I'll, I'll bake a vaccine for you if you give me <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come on. John, roll up your sleeve. I want to see your puny bicep before I give you a shot. <laughs> okay. So, so listen, it is good news, John. And, um, you know, it's exciting. So on a couple fronts, so this 95% is very good. What, you know, whatever your technical explanation is of that, I'm sure it's, it's a good number. Now, one of the concerns was that, you know, were you going to trust the vaccine because it was rushed and rushed before the election, et cetera. Now it came just after the election. So it's clear that Trump wasn't interfering. And then the other thing is you're that obsessed, it's such a- You're obsessed with this election. You brought it up. What election? John, I, I have to enjoy your last, I'm enjoying the last the last election of my lifetime. So yeah. Your, your, your friends, the anti-vaxxers. Um, have effectively demonized what is an incredibly safe and effective regime. I mean, we put every baby gets somewhere between 10 and 15 vaccines and and they are unbelievably safe and they've transformed healthcare, uh, not just in the US and in the world. And, and, And all of these trumped up claims that vaccines don't work are just garbage. But I do think that much more than the election has undermined 
the public's confidence. But I'm hopeful, David, that we can turn it back. Well, John, same here. So the, what I was going to say about the 95% effectiveness rate is that it also means that, okay, so it'll be when the people who get it is going to be more effective, but also because the rate is so high, it'll make more people say, yes, I'm going to get this vaccine rather than waiting for a new one to come. So I think it's actually going to be a big boost, booster shot, and uh, it's going to be quite a, a success. So I'm just, I'm in a party, John. That's why I'm going to go party on Thanksgiving, Christmas, et cetera. To hell with my mask. No, 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 no. You should, you should, we all, we all worship in the, in the, in the church of Fauci. And he has been very, very, very clear that this is not a time to let down your guard. In fact, this is a really grim time in a lot of parts of the country as the vaccine spiking. So well, the vaccine is spiking, vaccine. John, unfortunately. Well, it, it, yeah. it is, but it's too the, small. The protein right now, is spiking. We've got good news. But by the way, the good news isn't just on the vaccine front. I think this this Regeneron EUA, again, we're using a lot of acronyms. And you love, I love that it, John. because it just, consultants love that. It just confuses people. John, they call the Regeneron. They're actually, they, they you know, I got stop the presses. They're not, call, they're not calling it Regeneron anymore. It's called Trumperon. No, no, no. Regeneron has been one of the pioneer biotech companies focusing on monoclonal antibodies, which are really very targeted biologic drugs, um, one of which was the, the specialty cocktail that, that uh, Trump got access to that created the, what looked like a miracle cure. Uh, but all of the evidence suggests right now that for those folks who've got coronavirus and before they get to the hospital, before they get really sick, that this can potentially stop the virus in the track. So there's good news on the vaccine front, but I don't think it's immediate. There's good news on the therapeutics front. And actually, we've cut mortality of caring for coronaviruses in half. But we're also in probably the, the largest and the worst surge in the country. So don't let down your guard. Keep that mask on, David. All right, John, I, I certainly will. I hope you'll do the same. It's a lot easier on the eyes. Now, here's the thing, John. I actually saw somebody with a mask. There was a guy delivering groceries the other day, and, had a, and he had a, a smiley face on his mask. And my wife asked, whose face is that? And it was a picture of himself that was there. It was kind of, it was a little freaky, but, uh, but it was- What were you guys drinking? He, <laughs> we're drinking that cocktail, the Regeneron cocktail. Now, John, we get to throw another acronym out there that I saw. I was looking about, you know, who's going to be getting the vaccine first, second, et cetera. And there's a group called NASM which is actually the National Academy of Sciences, and they added engineering and medicine to make it a nice thing. And they have a nice list that shows who's going to get that vaccine, John. So where, where do you stand in that line? Well, I, I'm, I'm at the back end. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a healthy person with no chronic conditions. Um, unlike you, I've, there's no risk of me going to prison. Um, there, I'm not a teacher. Um, I think what's, 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 what's you really- You are a teacher, John. Is we've quickly. I'm trying to teach you something. Yeah, you're a lecturer. We, we are. We we are. We've reached a point where uh, we actually, I think, are pretty thoughtfully prioritizing first responders, people who are on the front lines of keeping our our our, our uh, country safe from a healthcare perspective, safe from a security perspective, and educating our kids, those frontline workers um, who are involved in in food service, and most importantly, our vulnerable uh, uh, seniors and 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 folks of color. You know, this has been a very targeted disease that's taken a very a terrible toll on nursing homes and on general population in in um, in communities of color and uh, in in places that are, where there's a lot of poverty. And I I think that the the uh, the country's kind of organized to do the right thing here. I'm 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 actually super enthused. It's it's the first place where I really do believe we've got a, a plan in anticipation of the pain. 
of, uh, of this, this horrible coronavirus. Well, John, they say about the first uh, group of people to get this vaccine is going to be about 5% of the population, which as you say, is the frontline health workers, also supposedly people that are uh, cleaners and, and first responders. And then there's a group that have the underlying conditions and those who are older in, in nursing homes, which uh, is hopeful uh, that we're going to see, you know, some improvements uh, there because that that's that's a that's a community that's been just clobbered. And then, as you said, actually, they are putting uh, some priority of people that are in prison. Now, that will help out on some of the people from the administration who might get it a little bit sooner than they would uh, otherwise. Uh, but then there's this, there's this this phase four is this everyone else, five to 15 percent of the group. So we'll, we'll see about that. Now, John, they're going to have to. Well, I thought, didn't you think it was interesting that your friends, the bankers, were involved in phase three? I'm just saying. Yeah, the bankers and, and higher education. So those uh, those investment bankers working for Harvard University are going to be uh, toward the end of the uh, toward the end of life. I want to know who's like the last person who's going to get it. It's probably you and me. Um, yeah. But I, but I but I think that one of the most important things to think about, David, and the biggest challenges from a public health perspective. Um, we talked about the I, I rose the anti-vaxxers earlier. You've also got some some really the 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 the, the painful result of a of, of a nasty public health narrative. You know there have been some studies that show that um, for some populations of color, only twenty percent really trust that a vaccine will be safe and effective for them. And if you think about probably the biggest public health challenge is to make sure that we get uh, the vaccine to vulnerable. Uh, people who are in poor communities, particularly those who are of color, and that we find a way to gap that narrative and get, give people confidence that uh, that the vaccine can really work. I mean, that is, that is going to be one of the biggest public health challenges of our generation, because I do think there's a lot of skepticism in poor communities about a healthcare system that doesn't work in a lot of other ways. Why should they trust it now? I agree, John. And access is always an issue, even uh, if the vaccine doesn't cost anything. And that's really going to be have to be something that uh, we put a priority on. And I'm confident, uh, more confident of the new administration rather than the old one to be able to prioritize that. Now, John, we talked about the uh, the cold chain before and the fact that these vaccines have to be, especially the Pfizer one, has to be kept super chilly, negative 70 degrees Celsius. And Moderna one has to be frozen too. So have these issues been uh, fixed? Or are we going to have all this unusable vaccine around because it's going to get ruined? I think actually there's a, there's a lot of parts of the supply chain that have been thought through. I, I will say that again, in terms of the distribution, there's much more of a plan here than, I, than, I, than you would have necessarily expected from the slapdash coronavirus task force press conferences where we talk about bleach and light and and we don't talk about masks and social distancing. Um, but I do think that the, the, the Operation Warp Speed is actually pretty much uniformly a success right now based on these results. And behind that sits an arm, uh, a four-star general uh, uh, from the Army who's working on a very detailed logistics plan. Um, they have actually a pretty elaborate plan for uh, maintaining uh, the stability which means keeping a cold of the vaccines and planning to distribute it. I, I worry about that last mile, the issue that uh, Anna talked about in one of our earlier podcasts of making sure that whether it's a hospital or a military facility, if you think about that we're in the grips of this horrible coronavirus, the hospitals and a lot of doctor's offices and infusion centers are going to be either shut down because of infection or potentially in a, in a, in a hard to get people to get to. I think that's the piece that I still worry about. 
but actually the physical distribution at scale on the plan is actually pretty, pretty, pretty well developed. So John, should we worry then about the fact that the transition to the new administration has been delayed? I mean, maybe it's better that to de- delay it because then it's just not, uh, you know, then they're not disrupting, not wasting time briefing the next folks and disrupting the, the great plans that apparently your folks have laid. Well, I, 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 the, 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 the childish uh, and, and slapdash incompetence of not being willing to even share the information um, while it is it is it is entirely uh, almost a, a certainty that President-elect Biden will be uh, our new president is just insane. As a country, we've always come together across parties, um, even in Bush v. Gore, when there was a court dispute about the votes in um, Florida, when uh, Governor Bush prevailed against Vice President Gore. Even at that time, uh, the, the 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 GSA and the federal government provisionally shared uh, a great deal of information with the Gore team to make sure that we would a running start. And the 9-11 Commission very specifically said that even then, the delays and the and the and the lack of being able to seat um, a, a national the national security establishment because of the slight delays that happened there clearly made it easier for the 9-11 terrorists to slip through our security net. So if you think about public health as being a different form of security threat, I, I do worry about it. I don't think there's any question that they will, that competent people will be in charge and they'll fix it. But the longer the delay happens, I do think the more people will suffer. John, let's talk about vaccine number three and what it may mean for the rest of the world. You know, you mentioned we'll be able to fix the supply chain issues with Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. The AstraZeneca vaccine. We're going to go to Oxford. Oh, Oxford. Oh, John, you studied at Oxford. Am I right? What did you do? What did you do at the weekend? I can't talk like that, David. I went to Cambridge. Um, I think what's really interesting about the AstraZeneca Oxford work is uh, their vaccine actually doesn't need the deep freeze. Um, and although the initial results suggested that um, it was not as effective as the Moderna and the Pfizer um, uh, vaccine, it, it, apparently they bungled one of, the, one of the tests. And it turns out that, well, you, why don't you tell the story, David? I'll tell the story, John. So what happened is that they realized after they got the uh, trial underway that from some sites, they weren't seeing as many side effects. And so they went back and checked and it turned out the first dose, they'd only given a half dose to some people. And they decided rather than throwing those people out of the study, just continue along and give them the full dose on the on the second on the second administration as they're supposed to. And it turned out that was the group that was the most effective. So the immune system works in mysterious and wonderful ways. And in this case, that made, the, made a pretty big difference. Uh, it also means, John, uh, that if you only need that uh, half dose and then the full dose, then that actually will stretch the number of people that you can give it to because you'll need less uh, upfront. And it doesn't have to be refrigerated. And it's about $2.50 a dose compared to $20 for the other one. So if you think about vaccinating the whole world, this is going to make a huge difference, even if it's not used so much in the US. Also, two, three cheers for uh, AstraZeneca and Oxford who have developed this and said they will distribute it at cost. And even though I'm very impressed with Pfizer and Moderna, let's be clear that these vaccine announcements on Monday before the market opens are really driven to drive up the stock price. And I, and I do think that then, and, and Moderna and Pfizer have both said they plan to charge a market price as opposed to where AstraZeneca and, and, um, and uh, its partner Oxford and also 
J&J and Merck, there are, there's a clear distinction, and we will remember them, between those vaccine manufacturers who see this as a public good and a time to care for the public, and those who see it as a public good that they can make a lot more uh, 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 profits off of. I just think you got to call that out, even though it's amazing science. Perhaps now is not the time to, to, to go grabby around profitability. Well, John, now is the time to call it a close to this edition of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Care Centers. Thanks for listening.